0: Homily for the 15th Sunday in Ordinary Time, St. Mary's Church, Grand Forks, July 11th, 2021. Many of you, I'm sure, have seen one of those nature documentaries that features eagles in the wild. At a certain point, the mother eagle nudges her chicks out of the nest Usually, the baby birds have no intention of leaving at that moment, but Mama Eagle forces them out into the world. Often during those first few minutes, the eagle chicks look anything but graceful. They're not so much flying as they are tumbling and trying to break their fall. But quickly, they realize that this is how life is going to be, and that no one can turn back the clock. The little ones have to adapt and fend for themselves. I'm referring to this example because the passage we just heard in St. Mark's Gospel signals a new page in the ministry of Jesus. By this time, the Lord has singled out twelve men among those who have been following him. We have given them the title of apostles, from the Greek word meaning one who is sent, like an ambassador, for example. Being an apostle is not a ceremonial position and the purpose of Jesus choosing these twelve was not to bestow personal favorite status upon them or to build an entourage for himself. The purpose of these men was to work with Christ and to minister in his name. Jesus has no use for lifelong apprentices. He is our Lord and our teacher, but little good that does the world if we never enter the field of play. The full redeeming work of Christianity will never be achieved on the sidelines. We need to slowly take in the words of this gospel in order to grasp what St. Mark is really telling us. Upon sending the apostles out in pairs, Jesus empowered them in two specific areas, driving out demons and healing the sick. Let's look at each of these more carefully. Resisting the activity of evil spirits may entail an official exorcism if church authorities were to deem it necessary. But we ought to think, first of all, about how we can drive demons away in the Lord's name. For example, we can offer prayers of deliverance from the specific sinful thing to which we are tempted. And we can also regularly receive God's forgiveness in the sacrament of confession. As for ministering to those who are ill, Jesus sent the apostles to anoint the sick with oil, the very pattern on which we base the sacrament of anointing of the sick. St. Mark mentions these abilities so nonchalantly, as if performing such works would hardly raise an eyebrow. But we know the opposite is true. Someone with authority over evil spirits and diseases would turn life upside down, no matter what town they would visit. Eventually, the message that the apostles delivered is that the Son of Man has the power not only to work wonders that the human eye can see, but can change our hearts and heal the wounds in every human soul, if only we invite him in. For this first mission, the twelve were equipped with faith and prayer and little else. Where were their suitcases, their spare tunics, their walking sticks, their food, their money, Jesus instructed them to leave it all behind. Several results came about from this. First of all, there were no material belongings getting in the way of their work. It's amazing how much more quickly one reaches a destination without all sorts of baggage. Secondly, Jesus wanted those whom the apostles encountered both to give and to receive blessings would come about through the people's generosity, insofar as they opened their hearts and their homes to them. Lastly, the apostles' dependence on God to provide for their needs was a sign that they were totally committed to preaching the good news as a vocation, not just a career opportunity. If they were to succeed, the Lord would provide the success. If the going got rough, they would not look for another job the very next morning. The apostles embodied poverty, all the better to impart the riches of Jesus. The extreme humility of their outward appearance indicated that they were not opportunists, but laborers in the harvest. It is this characteristic that brings to mind the prophet Amos, from whom the church takes our first reading today. Amos comes across as a good down-to-earth guy. There's no arrogance or pretension in him. The only reason he functioned as a prophet is that God directed him to. God called Amos to travel to a different part of Palestine to point out the people's sinful deeds and urge them to seek conversion of heart. When a religious official from that area told Amos to leave them alone and go back where he came from, Amos tells him, wait a minute, I'm not some rabble rouser doing all this just to get my kicks. I had a content life on my farm. I thought everything was going according to plan. God sent me here and is giving me the words to say. If I were to quit, I would both harm my own relationship with God and do a disservice to you you need to pray about what your true motivation is. Maybe it's just easier for you to complain about me than to confront your sins and turn to God's mercy. Every Sunday we profess that we believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. To be apostolic means that there is a dynamic quality in the fabric of our being, a quality of evangelization outreach. This has always been essential, but perhaps never more so in our lifetimes than now. If any of us should refuse to identify with the apostolic mark of the church, one could then ask why we claim to follow Jesus in the first place. If his love is not life-changing for us, why would it be life-changing for someone else? This apostolic work to which Jesus calls us doesn't have to take the same appearance in every person. That would be impossible. But think back on the words of Jesus. One who lights a lamp doesn't put it under a basket, but sets it upon a table so that it illuminates the whole room. We are the light of the world, and the light that we have comes from Christ and not ourselves. St. John Chrysostom, depicted in one of our windows on the north wall, once said that it would be a stranger thing for the sun not to shine than for a Christian not to reflect the light of Christ. It is a scandal for any of us to live as though we've never stepped out of the darkness of the secular world. We come to this celebration of the Eucharist as baptized sons and daughters of God to be renewed in our dedication to his kingdom. Together and as individuals, we again take up the task of witnessing to our faith through living as true disciples. We can expect opposition, because society does not want to hear the gospel and would rather mock it. But with the power of Jesus that is ours in the life of his church and in the sacraments, there is no reason for the forces of the evil one to drag us down. We have what we need, as long as we pick up the weapons we've been given and enter the fight, as long as we are willing to fly and to soar. Amen.